Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Armchair GMs. It is, of course, your host, Ryan C. I am here with my other host, Justice General. Justice, how are you doing today, man? I am amazing. What's going on, Ryan? Uh, Victory Monday. And not only that, but we got football, like extra football on Monday. And then we have like extra football on Tuesday. So it's actually a, and, and the Bills won. You know, the Patriots lost. We had football on Saturday. The Patriots lost. You know, um, it, it, the Titans lost. To be honest, Urban Meyer got fired. Like, it was a really good football. <laughs> you know, so, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy. How you doing, bro? Dude, just another week. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you know, you know, because we were talking before the show. Uh, work, end of the year type stuff coming up just uh holidays stressful time for all but i get to spend this hour hour and a half however long we do this um on these podcasts uh and doing it with somebody like you who you know we've never met in person but i can't use a friend and um oh, i get to my man i get to yeah my man um and we've also <laughs> both watched spider-man so we can talk about that um oh what's that, bro i've been dying I know. To talk I about Spider-Man or somebody. I know. I know. I know. We'll 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 talk about it. Um, we'll we'll text uh after this. But um, so we're in the middle of our 2022 series, and so I know that we took like a a week off. Um, whether it was you know intentional or unintentional, but there was a week off. We we started off the 2022 series uh talking about the Buffalo Bills because that's our team. However, the 2022 series is going to encompass all the teams in the NFL, and we're continuing on with what is starting to feel like a pattern. I feel like we're going AFC East because we started with Buffalo. Obviously, that's our team. We didn't necessarily want to start with Buffalo, but after that loss a couple weeks ago, we really felt like, hey, this is, is, yeah, we got to do this. But um, I said, hey, why don't you, you know, to you, Justice, I said, why don't you take a turn? you know, why, why don't you grab this next team? What do you want to do? And you immediately said Miami. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say about Miami looking into 2022, because like I said, you just, you jumped kind of right on that. So I don't know if there's, you already had ideas, whatever it is. I'm excited to hear about it. The listeners should also be excited to hear about it. So I'm going to turn it over to you. This is largely going to be, um, you going forward here talking about the different position groups and and what they should do however you want to set it up um so why don't you go ahead and i'm going to turn over the uh, 2022 miami dolphins over to you mr Uh, general manager (laughs) well when you you know you asked what team you know i thought i I figured why not the dolphins you know we might as well keep it consistent rather than to jump across like conferences jump across divisions you know might as well just you know keep it a little more organized, you know what I mean? And um, I feel like the Miami Dolphins are a team that is a little underrated, to be honest with you. And um, I feel like they aren't as close to being the second best team in the AFC East as people think. They aren't as far away from being the second best team in the AFC East as people think they are. You know, I think that they're a little closer to New England because I do think we're a better team. I just think that we have had some really bad injuries. Um, and mainly our offensive line has been the biggest weakness of our team so far this year. And that's really blown up some games to make 
us look a lot worse than we actually are. So um, I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins, who uh, I feel like have a, a, a really decently built team. You know, um, I, we obviously thought they were going to be garbage at the beginning of the year. Uh, we also thought the Patriots were going to be garbage. Uh, we also thought the Steelers were going to be garbage. You know, so I think it's, it's time we kind of view Miami from like a new scope as like they are an actual threat. And I think it's a really good thing that we got to face them two times earlier in the year when they weren't necessarily, you know, competent yet. Um, but because once they got there, I feel like they are there now and I feel like they have potential to do something. Um, we'll see what happens, obviously. It's a long shot for them to make the playoffs, but anything can happen. It, you know what I mean? Crazier things have happened. Um, things have happened. I will say, though, before you get into it, I was on the Miami, like I had Miami as, as being the main competitor for the AFC East. So I've been in on them since the, for about two seasons now, uh, in terms of like what they have on. How, and what, how, how'd you feel about them after like five weeks when they had like a bad record? Um, I was kind of confused and I, you know, you kind of look towards, you look towards the coaching staff right? Like we're doing the same thing here in Buffalo. Um, you know, I, I know Browns and, and Colts fans have been doing the same thing there too, because you see teams that on paper have such elite or like top tier talent on paper. And, and we, we do this in the NHL a lot, right? For hockey, obviously there's, there's a lot more there um, in terms of being, you know, having good and bad execution because you're playing 82 plus games a season. Um, but we do that a lot in hockey where like take Toronto, for instance, has great talent on paper, but has not been able to execute. Like they have not made it out of the first round of the playoffs in years. Right. Um, and so I know like for, you know, Buffalo, Miami, Indianapolis, um, I would say like San Francisco, Cleveland, like executing poorly you turn and look at the coaching staff. And so a lot of people were like legitimately looking at Flores and being like, Oh, he's not as good of a coach as we thought he was. Right. And then, you know, like you said, they, they then turn it around and you're like, Oh, okay. Things are just clicking now. I really just don't have an answer. Like not telling you what to not ask me, but like, don't ask me what the reason is for why, for why the NFL is as like crazy as it is this year. I like, yeah, Detroit really has is. two wins. Detroit has two wins. They just who they who did they beat yesterday? They beat um Arizona. They beat Arizona. The Cardinals. Yeah, like it's it's the NFL is just is so so uh, wicked. It's it, wild, bro. I yeah, it's it is. This is a Alice in Wonderland season, son. Yeah. It is truly, it is truly week to week. This is this is the only season <laughs> no, where I can sit here and say it's truly week to week. Um, that said, that said, super happy for Detroit fans. They deserve a lot better. Um, and it, you know what? Hopefully, hopefully they get that out of this. I like Dan Campbell. You know I, do, what, I do like Dan Campbell. When when Detroit was in the playoffs and they and they had those seasons and they had Barry Sanders and they had Calvin Johnson. Listen, nobody had sympathy for us when we were just bums. Okay, I feel no sympathy for no fan base. Listen, like like people are like Browns fans and they say they empathize with the Browns because you know the shared. I guess, you know, 
you know, misery. franchises aren't, re- yeah, exactly, misery, thank you. Um, it's like, no, because when they had Bernie Kozar and they were going to the playoffs and it was the dog pound, nobody really, you know what I mean? I mean, I think we actually had Jim Kelly back then, so that might not be. Anyway, you know, <laughs> still, nobody felt bad for us. I don't feel bad for anybody. So, um, All right. I, 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 you know, I just need the bills to be better so I can be a little bit more arrogant and like make it sound better. But like right. kind of being pissy right now, so it's like uh, now you just kind of sound like you know a bitter person. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. But yeah, when it when it comes to Miami, man, it's when they started off the season not great. Um, all eyes turned to the the coaching staff, right? And as your season progressively gets worse, that's when you start turning towards the front office as well. We saw that here in Buffalo. I I don't, I'm not that in touch with what Miami's doing. I just saw what they had on paper. And I saw the turnaround that Flores was able to do from the, we have 47 players on our roster that that have reportedly requested trades out of Miami um, because it's so bad to like, almost making the playoffs right um so it, it's a lot of eyes turned towards the the coaching staff and and you know they were you know i guess that you would say luckily for dolphins fans they were able to turn it around and have um a better season but i think it's still like we were just talking about for the rest of the nfl not the season that they expected especially again when you look at what is on paper so that's that's what I thought of, you know, in relation to your question. That's what I thought of when I was looking at Miami at the beginning of the year. Because on paper, and I'm looking at it right now, like they like they have good like Jerome Baker, Christian Wilkinson, um, you know, Tua obviously at rookie quarterback was a question mark, but like I've been a big Jacoby Brissett guy. They have Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Devontae Parker, Emmanuel Ogba. I mean, as you just go down the list, you're like, you're, you're seeing some of these name, Mike Jasaki is, you know, a, a consistent tight end. Like you're just, you're seeing so much Miles Gaskin. I'm a big fan of him. Um, Blake Ferguson, obviously the long snapper, which we, we would know that because his brother is in Buffalo as our long snapper. But as you go through their roster, you're like, how are these guys not, um, playing better than they are. But you can also say that for a lot of teams this NFL season. I mean, they're playing good as of, as of late. Yes. Um, you know, so, you know, hey, a lot of teams started a little rough and, you know, they've gotten better. You know, it's just unfortunate for us that we started really good and it's gotten a little rough, you know. So uh, we're in like a lull, a little lull, you know, um, but we did what we were supposed to do yesterday and got the W, you know, or on Sunday. So that's cool. Um, but for the Dolphins, you know, they, or yeah, the Dolphins, they got, they were, you know, they started off pretty bad. Sorry, that train is distracting me. <laughs> they started off pretty bad and, um, you know, they've gotten better. So I think that's, I don't know if I could say that it's balances the same way, you know what I mean? As far as like making them just as good of a team as us, because I don't think that they are. Although I think the record might be pretty similar. Uh, I don't know. Hold on one second. Let's see. Do you know their record? Miami's. Yeah. 
you would think that sport track spot spot rack sport track i know right. I, I have a spot but, track up too but it doesn't say the record <laughs> no idea okay there's seven and seven up for you the um they're seven and seven okay. right so they're they're only a game behind us <laughs> they're, yeah, they're only a game behind us yeah, so so when it, when it comes to the AFC East, just to, the, to paint the picture for everybody listening, the Patriots are at nine and five, Buffalo is at eight and six, the Dolphins are at seven and seven, and the New Jersey Jets are at three and eleven. So good for them. But um, yeah, the Dolphins are just at five hundred now. The Bills are at five seventy one. Patriots are at six forty three. Buffalo will be competing uh, for the AFC East coming into this next week. But as you mentioned, Dolphins are only about a game behind us, possibly two, depending on the outcome of this weekend. However, the Dolphins are on a six win streak. So they have not lost a game in six weeks. They have a five and three home record and a two and four away record. Um, But they are on a six win streak, which is the largest um, or the longest win streak in the AFC East right now. Currently, easily. Currently, second is the actually the Jets at. Um, well, it's not. A, <laughs> it's not a win streak, but it's a loss streak of three loss games, and um, then second would be Buffalo with with one game uh, having been won. So the the win streak for the win consistency in the AFC East is is all over the place. With the Dolphins at six and the second being Buffalo at just one. And the, the Dolphins, I'm sorry, the Patriots obviously got one loss. So, yeah, so uh, I figured the Dolphins would be cool to start with. However, so kind of getting into it a little bit, you know, um, I guess I'll start with my first person. I see the Dolphins roster and looking at these guys, and there is only one player listed as a defensive end, and that's Emmanuel Agba. Not a bad player to have listed at defensive end, but he's the only person. Adam Butler is listed as the defensive lineman, but everybody else, Raekwon Davis, John Jenkins, Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins, obviously, are all listed as defensive tackles. So So that's weird because on my screen it has Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, Jalen Phillips, all as defensive ends. It's weird that it's that it's different. Jalen Phillips. Uh, that's right. Jalen Phillips should be on here, but is he injured or something? No, these guys are on their active roster. That's weird. I don't see Jalen Phillips on this roster at all. Yeah, I'm well. So I'm just looking at their. I'm just looking at their salary cap. Okay. All right. Well, let me uh, take my foot out of my mouth real quick. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jalen Phillips is. Okay, you know, he, he's not as good as Greg Rousseau, but uh, he's made some plays recently. Um, I think that getting the defensive end here in, in free agency would, would be pretty solid for them as far as their pass rush having speed out there, especially when a guy who's as good as like Dante Fowler Jr. is, is going to be available. Um, you know, he's he's pretty expensive, 15 million a year, according to Spodrick, but feel like it would be worth the investment uh you know because i feel like they clearly have a pretty strong defensive lineman you know just defensive line so i feel like if they do add some speed you know some size uh, some strength you know and just 
ability to get to the pass rusher in Dante Fowler Jr. You know, I feel like uh, that could give them a better opportunity, um, you know, in terms of pass rushing. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it looks like Agua has two years left. Jalen Phillips, like you said, when it he's made plays. Um, I wouldn't, I, when I, when it comes to comparing to what we know, um, with Greg Rousseau, I mean, at 22, he still has four years and over 14 million left there. And he was just drafted there. He's not like, they're not getting rid of him. Um, but Agua is 28. He's got, he only has two years left at 15 million. Let's see when it's it. well, it says it expires in 2022 even though it says it has two years left. So he might have an out in 2022, which might allow them to move on from somebody. I personally, like, obviously, you know, I'm not about to sit here and compare Madden in real life, but I'm going to compare Madden to real life. I personally, like once a, once a player hits 30, I'm done. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm it was 27 for me. Yeah. They're, they're cheese, dude. Uh <laughs> no, it, he has to be like really good. And like the captain of the team at 27 in order for me to stay. Right. But you know, if he if he gets to like 29 and I see that overall drop one or two, gone. All right. All right. Or uh, even the speed, if the speed drops. <laughs> all right, my bad. Go um, <laughs> Zach, Zach Sealer, the other defensive end, 26 years old, uh, ends at or yeah, expires in 2024. Um, just over seven mil for two years. So in, in Sealer is more of a depth piece that's easy for them to move on for seven mil um, at 26 years old. It would move on whether I'm probably going to, you know, trade them or something, or, you know, that's probably, probably what they would do is what I'm trying to say is trade him versus just straight up cut him, right? Always try and get something for what you have. So um, I would see them, yeah, I totally see them. And are you saying that this is just? Are you saying that defensive end is their number one priority, or are you saying no, that not necessarily? Talking about, I just think it's something that they could use to um, bolster their defense because they already have a pretty good defense. Oh yeah, Miami, Miami has always, you know, been known for having you know pretty good defense. Actually, I'm thinking about it. Everybody in the AFC East has pretty much always been known for having a pretty good defense, huh? Um, I don't know. I just, I just don't think the Jets are good at anything, but, uh, <laughs> besides that, besides that point, I mean, like the, the Jets specifically, and obviously we're, we're talking about Miami here, so I don't want to go off too far on this, but, um, the Jets over not so much this year, cause I think he's been out with injury again. Um, but like CJ Mosley is pretty much their defense. So and especially a couple of years, uh, what, two, three years ago, uh, playing against Buffalo, he was like the one guy disrupting. And then he ended up um, injured in the game against Buffalo, I want to say pretty early on in the season. Uh, and then he was out for the rest of the year. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say of, of the four teams, three of them, I would say are pretty well known for their defense. Uh and when I look at defensive end for Miami, I think it's definitely more of a uh, definitely more of a depth move. I would agree with you there, um, unless they think for some reason that they can move Sealer into a starting position at 
I mean, he is 26. He has experience. He was claimed by them. So he's played in. Are you saying Dante Fowler Jr. would be a depth move? Well, I'm saying I'm saying any move that. I really don't know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> um, it's been a long day. No, Dante Fowler Jr. would not be a depth move. But if they did anything else at defensive end, uh, it would not yeah. be a depth move. But what I'm what I what I was saying was that right now their depth in Zach Sealer, if they think that he can somehow start, um, and, and you're not really losing anything on the other side of the line, uh, they might promote him and then get somebody else to come in. Um, but again, that's, you know, the, this money that Miami is spending or is going to start spending is going to pile up. And so that's what you also have to balance that against. But when it comes to Miami, obviously, as a Bills fan, I wouldn't want them to get Dante Fowler Jr. But if I'm the GM of Miami and I'm looking to bolster my pass rush, especially looking at the, the quarterback talent that now exists in the AFC East, who you're playing two times a year, that's that you know that's a move that i'm gonna go make absolutely do you have a um a player who you you think that they should go or a position specifically they think they should go after a position or player Um, specifically I mean, if if I'm Miami, I'm looking at I'm looking at at three. I'm looking at uh, wide receiver, corner, and quarterback. Quarterback. Jeez, I cannot talk today. Uh, apparently, there is now a new position: quarterback. Um, no, so your your corner, your your QB, and your wide receiver are three positions that, if I'm Miami, if you're looking to just bolster. Uh, and you're looking at depth or even the future, that's what I'm looking at. Because Xavier Howard's 28, Byron Jones is 29. We already know that Xavier Howard and Byron Jones at different points within the last couple of years have been on the, you know, the rumor was that they were leaving Miami, that Miami wasn't going to pay them or they didn't want to be in Miami anymore. Obviously, they now have six and five years left. Um, Well, actually, no, sorry take my foot out of my mouth there. They both have um, expirations in 2025 for their current contracts. So go draft somebody that you're going to get in the first, second round, whatever. You're going to get four years out of that. First round, you can extend to that fifth year, which means you're extending them till when these guys are, are gone. You can get that next guy on, you know, a – team-friendly deal because they didn't start whatever, but they learned. Um, So when it comes to the future for corner, that's what I would do. Wide receiver, we've already seen that they have a number of deficiencies based purely on injury and COVID. Devontae Parker was out with both injury and COVID. He's 28 this year. He has um, his contract and ends in 2024. He has four years left on it. Um, well, it's a four-year, sorry, four-year deal that ends in 2024. So he has two years left. Um, obviously, they have Jalen Waddell, who's going to predictably, assumably be their number one wide receiver going forward. Um, and he has certainly earned that this year. Um, 
after fooling everybody in the preseason, just like Jamar Chase did. But when, when I'm looking at, you know, Will Fuller is 27. He has a, a year. He's out at the end of this year. He's injured. He's been injured for the majority of the season. Alan Hearns done in 2023. He's 30 years old. He's injured. Um, Elber Wilson, 29, never heard of the guy. He's done in 2022. Like uh, Preston Williams, 24, again, never heard of the guy. He went undrafted. That would be why. Uh, Wilson and, and Preston Williams are actually pretty good. I think that they could they could be really talented players if they had better quarterback. Okay. And better offensive play. Yeah. <laughs> so, but so, you know what I mean? Like I, like I, I, I've never really heard of those guys. I, I don't know what they, so thank you for that. But you know, they're guys that you can get on the cheap. They're young guys, whatever. I don't know if like when you, when you discuss the wide receiver role, if you go from Jalen Waddle to Preston Williams and uh, what was the other guy's name? Albert. Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson. Thank you. I lost his name. Here on the screen. Um, I just I just don't know if you go to that, right? Yeah, no, no. They're not like superstars or anything. Right. So so I mean this is this is like your 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 depth. This is like your at least you know for Buffalo this season, this is like your uh your game Davis. They're gonna come out, they're gonna make the really good big plays, uh, and then they're gonna go sit on the bench. Um, which is unfortunate. I think we all agree. Well, everybody but Charlie. Uh, agrees on um, Gabe Davis. Absolutely love you, Charlie. Um, he just knows I make fun of him for it. Any chance I get? Absolutely, he deserves it. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie knows he's my man, but yeah, and he, and he still fights it to this day, which I respect. Yeah, he still say it. He doesn't have the traits. <laughs> yeah, absolutely love it. But um, yeah, so I'm looking at depth specific, either depth or you're looking for your wide receiver too. You're looking for your Gabe Davis. And, and here's the thing though, I'm not going to say, you know, where they should go get them, right? Like you can go get these guys on practice squads. These guys are undoubtedly, there are guys undoubtedly on a practice squad somewhere for a team right now. Like just go to, just, just go delve into Tampa Bay's practice squad. First off, their 53 man is teeming with talent. There's no way that there are guys on their practice squad that are not like fringe first, if not second string type players that are just sitting there that nobody's taking. Um, and then the last one is quarterback. Uh, I, I don't know about you. I think I know about you, but I don't know. I'm not going to speak for you. For me, I'm done with the, the Tua experiment. Um, I don't think it's necessarily all his fault. I think the switching between him and Fitzpatrick kind of screwed it up. Um, last year, throwing him in there with not that great of an offensive line. And obviously now, um, what do you call it? All the injuries and COVID for his running backs and his wide receivers. I, I want to say Jacecki was out with an injury for a little bit as well. So tight end, throw that in there. Just not a great situation for him. I'm cool if you ride him out to the end of his contract. I'm just personally not on board with the idea of Tua. Never was. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with the kid as a person. It's just not not an idea I, I got, you know, got along with. Um, but that said, your backup is uh, Jacoby Brissett. 
And if you know me, I've been a Jacoby Brissett guy since his time in New England. Uh, that's how I became a Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy, Jimmy G guy was watching them play uh, for New England for those games that Tom Brady was suspended. And then they got trickled throughout the league. And Jimmy G, uh, when not injured, plays pretty dang well in San Francisco. And Jacoby Brissett, when he's not being tossed on the sideline, plays pretty dang well for a, t- for a good offense. I mean, Jimmy, not Jimmy. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby Brissett is a system quarterback. Like, I'm not going to lie about it. I'm not going to, he is a system quarterback. The system in Miami is not built for Jacoby Brissett. No, there is Miami is not really good. It's not really good, but it's also, he is a pocket passing quarterback, right? That's what, that's who he is. That's why he succeeded. Um, well, quote unquote succeeded. Um, in New England when he had to play those games. As he matured and got older, uh, he ended up sitting behind Andrew Luck, filled in for Andrew Luck when he retired. They almost made the playoffs. Um, He has now bounced around the league a couple times. He's been a free agent. He's obviously now in Miami. And Miami's, Miami's offense is set up a lot like Buffalo's offense in 2017, right? Tyrod Taylor, very mobile, prone to run. I'm going to scramble right away, QB. That's crazy. I was literally going to say Tyrod Taylor. I, I, I literally same, had him next. <laughs> same wavelength. Same wavelength. Um, he's a, you know, he's a Tua is like Tyrod. He's, he's prone to scramble and run. And then their backups are guys that are pocket passers. Now, do I think Nathan Peterman was the next coming of quarterbacks? No, I clearly that's not what it was, but um, you have to, when you throw him into a playoff game and you put him b- behind an offensive line that's made to literally automatically collapse because Tyrod's going to scramble and he's a pocket passer. Like that's, it's not easy to just like tell Pete, like, I know that these are professional athletes, but you can't tell them to forget muscle memory and go against what you've been drilling into them for 17, 18 weeks and more um including like camp and otas and stuff like you can't just tell them to forget that in a moment's notice you know what i mean so that's why jacoby is struggling in miami so unless you're going to format a hybrid offense which is going to then force you to make to a half of a pocket passer which cannot be good either um you get you either move on from to a and you elevate Jacoby Brissett to a spot he has earned elsewhere in the league, um, I would argue, or you get rid of Jacoby and bring in a guy who can fill that role without missing a step because he is a scrambler and that that's just, he's mobile. That's just what they do. Um, and arguably, arguably, I will say they had that player on their team in Malcolm Perry. I don't know. I'm not a big college football guy, but the only college football I pay attention to is like the army Navy game, right? Big Navy guy. I watched some games throughout the year. Um, Keenan Reynolds in Baltimore or was Lamar Jackson in Baltimore before Lamar Jackson was even there. He was drafted as a wide receiver in 2014, literally the exact same as Keenan Reynolds. The league just wasn't ready for that. 
Um, Cause I don't know how much of like the Academy football that you watch or if you ever watch it, but like army and Navy, their quarterbacks just run. They vary. They may be passed like two or three times a game. It's all running. That's what they do. That's what it is. It's a run fest when they have the army Navy game. Um, Miami drafted Malcolm Perry uh, two years ago. He's now as well as a wide receiver and he is now in new England as a wide receiver. So it's like you had, you had these guys, you're just like not ready at the time when you draft them for that type of play. But then when you are they're a in a different position group, because you weren't ready for them or B in both of these cases, they're on different teams. So you kind of shot yourself in the foot. Yeah. And, um, to kind of go back to what you said earlier about, you know, you, you mentioned how practice squad players are, there's like first, second round talent all over the place. And it's like, that's absolutely true. Like, if you think about it, we had Dane Jackson on our practice squad last year and everybody was saying he needs to be a starter. Like he needs to be a second string cornerback for this top five defense. That's how good people thought he was. He comes in this year and he's, not playing bad at all, you know. Um, no. uh, I personally believe we have a great player and um, Antonio Williams on our practice squad, who I think is a lot better than people give him credit for. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, so I can only imagine that, you know, there's guys around the league on practice squads who are like potential superstars that nobody's even paying attention to because they don't know who they are. Yeah. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Like, listen, Tom Brady was a sixth round draft pick. You know, you're, you're not, you're not getting guys, you know, it, it's the same thing, dude. Going back to the Dane Jackson uh, example, people are like, well, he's a seventh round corner. Okay. Well, 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 he's a seventh round corner. He can't be that good or else he would have been taken. How many times have yeah, I hate most teams, listen, most, most teams are not built out of first and second round guys. It's mainly the third through like the fifth round. And then you get kind of lucky with the sixth and the seventh. But there are so many times that first and second round guys do not make it. I mean, look at any first round. I mean, Ryan Leaf, bust. Peyton Manning, who is number two one of the best quarterbacks of a century of, of multiple decades. You know what I mean? It's like, right. Just because they're drafted in the first round doesn't make them better than somebody that was drafted in the fifth or draw better than somebody who was, um, you know, drafted in the seventh. You can absolutely be a good player if drafted in the seventh. There are so many other things that matter, but again, that goes back to the conversation of, People don't view pro athletes as people. Um, they Absolutely view them not. as they, they view them as like machines, like people that can do yeah. it. entertainment machines. Right. They're like, and, hey, when I need you to be entertaining on Sundays, then do it. Well, you know, when I need you to be entertaining in press conferences, then do it. You know, uh, when I need you to be entertaining to go help out the community, you know, then then do it. Like, you know, it's, they don't treat them like human beings. They treat them like 
<laughs> like like meat bags like it's, yeah. it's disgusting how, how some people do football yeah. players so so yeah i don't i don't i, I apologize for the rant but i you know i, I want to obviously keep it on track as much as possible but yeah it's um there there are so many guys out there that are waiting and they have this moniker that's attached to them that makes people think that like I'm a big Christian Wade guy. Do I think Christian Wade is at 30 years old? Um, like the going to crack our roster. Right. Absolutely like, like, do I, well, I, I, I'm going to say, <clears throat> I'm trying to say like, do I think he's the next like LeGarrette Blunt? No, I, I don't. Do I think that he is potentially a, a depth, like second, third, like running back by committee? Type do you, think, you, you do think he's going to crack our roster? Probably not ours. Probably not ours. Oh um there's too many like when we came into this when buffalo came into the season with seven running backs um i would take them on special teams or i would take them as the the number three running back like i'm done with zach moss i've been done with zach moss like let's move on from it um i wouldn't be mad at that but i would also like to see him succeed somewhere with a team that needs running back help i I think he can certainly be on a running back by committee or something like that but that said Everybody looks at him and goes, well, he's a 30-year-old rugby player who's only got three years of experience in American football, um, and you're going to base two preseason games off of him? Yeah. The man took his first ever NFL uh, handoff for a touchdown and almost took his second NFL handoff as a running back in the same preseason game for a touchdown. Like, I get it. It's preseason, but again, preseason is a, is a nasty, is one of those nasty monikers of like, well, just because it happened in preseason, well, just because they're a seventh round pick, like stop. You can find good talent anywhere. Most of Buffalo's good talent, most of any team's good talent comes between the third and probably the, the um, higher part of the sixth round. That's where most teams are created, right? The, the core of your team is going to be third to high six round picks with some first, second, and seventh sprinkled in there. Like that's what it's going to be. But rant over. Um, yeah. Um, wide receiver, corner, and quarterback are the three like main positions I'm looking at for Miami. Um, what about you? What do you, what do you think about those? You said, Wide receiver, quarterback, and what? Corner. So, corner just because, uh, like I said, let me go up to the top here. Uh, both Byron Jones and Xavier Howard um, have contracts that expire in 2025, but uh, they were both also rumored at different times to not be coming back to Miami. Um, and also, Byron Jones is 29, Xavier Howard's 28. I doubt that they last till 2025 um, in Miami. So go get a corner in the second round, third round, whatever you want. You're going to get them, get them get anywhere between the second and seventh, get a corner that you think is quality, um, can be a bridge or a potential starter. Have them write out that four-year contract, re-sign them. They want a starter, so they're not going to be making the, $82 million that Byron Jones is making right now over five years or the 75.2 million 
that Xavier Howard's making right now over five years, they're not going to make that. So it's totally within what your cap, your cap is going to be at that time. And then go, just go, just go do that. Because like I said, I don't think either one of them are making it to the end of their contracts in Miami. Uh, wide receiver, Fuller, Parker, Hearns, they've all basically been hurt. Um, well, Fuller and Hearns are hurt right now for the majority of the season. Parker's been in and out of both COVID and injuries. Um, I don't know what their tight end depth situation is like. I see this guy, his name's Keithan Carter or something like that, 28. Maybe they want to draft a, a tight end or look somewhere for a tight end. But then quarterback, your backup is Jacoby Brissett, who A, doesn't fit into your system. B, is not the same um, prototype of quarterback that you your system is, is built for. So it's not going to work. Um, so those are like the three that I'm looking at for, for Miami. But like you said, man, they're not a bad team. Like a couple of like bolstering of positions here or there can make a difference. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just thought you said, you know, I thought it was interesting that you said corner because of, you know, the obvious Xavier and Howard and, um, <laughs> excuse me, uh, Byron Jones. Yeah, um, so that I thought that was interesting, but I want I'm 100% with you on Tyrod Taylor as a backup in Miami. I feel like Tyrod Taylor would probably do that roster better than uh, Tua Tonga Vailoa would. Uh, however, I understand that Tua has now won enough games to the point where now he's pretty much cemented at least his contract is going to be fulfilled. Um, because people do believe in him, people see something in him, and now they're winning games, and no matter what happens, they'll be like, oh, well, or not necessarily that his contract will be fulfilled, but he'll at least pretty much have the starting position, at starting job at the beginning of next season, because, you know, people will always just come back to, you know, oh, you know, but they won six games in a row, you know, that'll always be the narrative built around Tua Tungavailoa. And if they win this next one, obviously it'll be, oh, he's 1-7. And, you know, up until, you know, if they make the playoffs, then he's definitely going to get a, um, you know, he's definitely going to earn the, the starting spot for the roster next year. But I think having Tyrod Taylor, it's like, well, if he screws up, which I believe he will at some point, but, you know, we'll see. Obviously, I don't I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But if he does end up screwing up, then you have like a guy like Tyrod Taylor to go out there and pretty much, you know, post coast you through the rest of the season. And potentially, you know, your team might, you know, overachieve a little bit because Tyrod Taylor is a, a really good quarterback. He's a good, he's a above average quarterback, in my opinion. You know, so um, I am 100% with you there. Um, I feel like. They could get some depth in the line a little bit, you know, with Liam Eichenberg being their starting left tackle. That's all good and fine. But uh, Jesse Davis at right tackle and then Liam Eichenberg as the backup right tackle. That's not good. You know, <laughs> so, I, um, you know, uh, they should probably get a little bit more depth there. Also, in my opinion, I think that's that would be the only thing. Uh, that I would that I would change 
about well, yeah. you know what what you were saying well yeah so i was gonna say i, I was looking at line uh next like they have it looks like they have guards just falling out of trees in my like falling out of palm trees in my like they got so many guards um in I don't know because we just we we got them talking about how things are different on our screens. Liam Eichenberg for me is listed as a guard. So if he's Liam switching is starting left tackle on their depth chart. Okay. So so at least that but uh, so on here he's he's listed as a guard. If they're and and so now you're entering into an area that also is Bills fans that we're very familiar with. Yeah, uh, Cody Ford. So this is People this is a Cody around. Ford's situation where if you're switching them between guard and right tackle or guard and tackle, which a lot of people are like, well, it's still on the offensive line. So it shouldn't, it's very different. You have very different responsibilities. Um, it's like how you're, you're literally learning two positions, right? That's like if uh, a wide receiver was also a cornerback, which we've seen again, as Bills fans, we know that Isaiah McKenzie has done both, but that's like if Trey, that's like if we made Trey white, a a wide receiver in addition to being a corner a you're learning, years ago, that would have been a good idea you're 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 making one guy learn two different jobs and i think um for if you're talking about older players like if you look at this list and you go to like let's let's use alan hearns as an example he's 30 he's been in the league um if you needed him to do a second job um, that was vastly different. It, you know, he's not going to forget how to be a wide receiver, right? He's been doing it long enough, but when you're looking at Cody Ford in Buffalo, or you're looking uh, at Liam Eichenberg in Miami, Eichenberg's only 23, right? He's, he has his four year rookie contract. It's kind of, it's coming up in 2025 if you're switching him between tackle and guard, which are two very different jobs, um, you're potentially going to screw. And I don't want to say that in like a negative way. Like it's like, it's not their fault, but like you're potentially going to screw this guy up. You know what I mean? Um, because we, we've seen it in Buffalo. We, we have seen what Cody Ford is supposed to be. And we have seen what he is, and I attribute it to the fact that he kept getting switched between those two positions. There's, there's no consistency. There's no learning it. There's nothing. Um, and I don't know if he is taking this year as his learning year or if this is just how it is from here on out. But if that's what you're going to do in Miami, you need to figure out what this guy is going to be. Is he going to be a guard? Is he going to be a tackle? Figure it out and then draft or sign somebody to fulfill that other role. Because you cannot expect one guy to fulfill two roles on your line. That's it's it's too much um, for for anybody, but especially too much for somebody who like you know this comes down to IQ, this comes down to muscle memory, this comes down to re repetitive execution, um, and you cannot be messing with that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think, uh, what do you think are the Dolphins' ceiling for this year? 
what do, like what do I think it is for this year? Yeah, what do you think if everything goes right, the best the Dolphins could possibly do is? Well, everything going right for the Dolphins means that they probably don't beat out the Patriots, but they finish second in the AFC East and Buffalo finishes third. That's if everything goes right. They're on a six-game win streak, right? Like if everything continues to go right, they beat out Buffalo. There's probably not enough time for them to compete for the AFC East, but like if everything goes right, that's that's what we're talking about. Let's see here. They be, they just beat the Jets, which is a given. They just beat the Giants and the Panthers, which are kind of givens. Jets again. So they've played some pretty bad teams recently, but then they beat the Ravens. And then they go and they beat the or the Texans, which the Texans have given plenty of teams trouble this year. They're they're certainly not a not a great team, but they have given good teams trouble at different points throughout the year. Um, they lost to Buffalo by uh, by two scores. Um, barely lost to the Falcons. Barely lost, or yeah, barely lost to the Jags, but they were defeated by the Jags. Um, obliterated by the Bucks. Only lost by ten to the Colts. Uh, barely lost to the Raiders, blown out by Buffalo, barely, or they beat the Patriots who are now on a roll of their own, um, barely beat the Bengals who have been, oh, sorry, that was, that's preseason, but even in preseason, barely beat the Bengals who've been really good this year. So they have also not had a great schedule, but again, when you look at, like, look at their upcoming games, Saints, Titans, Patriots. Like now you have to go beat those three teams. If they can go beat those three teams, um, I think they definitely compete with Buffalo for, um, well, compete with anybody for the number two spot, right? I'm not going to say it's Buffalo. I'm not going to say that it's New England because um, we're going to need the next two weeks to kind of see. So for everything to go right for Miami means they, it has to go right for for Buffalo, if we don't want to end up potentially looking up at Miami and the Patriots. So do you think they can actually pull it off? Again, talent-wise, looking at what they have on paper, even with the injuries, yeah, I think they can I think they can absolutely pull it off. I mean, we just beat the Saints. Um, the Saints are still dealing with a number of injuries. Um, and this completely asinine concept of Taysom Hill being just a quarterback that's being forced down every Saints fan's throat, uh, which is a conversation in and of itself. But, I mean, yeah. I guess man. a better question is, do you think they will? Do I think they will? No. Uh, it's been a rough season for everybody. <laughs> It's just it, it's the expectation of what the season's been. No, I don't think that they will. Um, do I think that they have the ability to? Absolutely. Um, and I would be, I would be, as a football fan, pleasantly surprised if they do. As a Bills fan, highly upset. Yeah, I think everybody would be. <laughs> I don't think anybody would see the Dolphins coming um, and doing that.
Although, do they have a chance to win the AFC East still? You, you said it. Well, I mean, if they're only a game behind us at seven and seven, depending on the outcome of Buffalo's games, uh, compared to the say, outcome of their say game. The, the Dolphins lost every remaining game. We lost every remaining game. And they won. They could win the AFC East? Oh, no, no, no. No, sorry. I misheard you. Um, no, I don't think that they at, at no point with now even if they won out um do they have a chance because they're a game Actually, yeah they do because if they win out they win 10 games and if the patriots lose out they only have won nine games so actually they could win the fc east too yes but i i don't think that no that's not I think that that's gonna happen i i absolutely I, not i don't think that it's gonna happen because let's see the patriots have to play us the Jags and then the Dolphins. They they play the Dolphins, so okay, well, the Bills can still win eleven games. That's not bad. Yeah, I, I I think it I think it comes down to Buffalo and New England. But if some by yeah, some, we about we, we about if, to stop New England next week. So right, I hope so. Um, but thinking but talking about just the expectations of this season, if Buffalo for some reason was to to not do good heading into the last three games of the season. Um, I would expect that Miami would do good, um, but I, I don't think that they compete uh, for New England. I think New England, I think New England stays up there. If they if we lose to them, then New England is is taking the AFC East. Uh, but then I would argue that Buffalo then has to fight uh, for the number two spot and bragging rights as as is still being on the top half of the AFC East. Yeah, I think if, if we lose to New England again, it's pretty much over. Um, because I think at that point, we would only be able to win 10 games. And even if they lost the remaining games, they would still win 10 games, but have that tiebreaker over us. So it will be over. Um, so we pretty much need to win this week. Like, it, it, like it's, it's it, well, they mentioned it, you know. Um, I think it was Jordan Poyer said that every game from here on out is a playoff game. And yeah. they have never been more correct. It sure is. Absolutely. This is this is this is the Super Bowl run. Absolutely. And I, I just wanted to say before we move on to the next thing, um, they do have another quarterback on their roster. Lynn Bowden uh, is a quarterback turned uh, running back. Where's he? What college did he go to? Let me. I want to say Kentucky because my friend, who is a Steelers fan, was uh, really wanted the Steelers to draft Lynn Bowden. Yep, Kentucky. So he was a quarterback uh, that they that was drafted by the Raiders uh, and was traded to Miami. And um, but he is he is a quarterback. He's more of that mobile type. Uh, but he's twenty four. He's, it looks like he was injured. I don't know. But, yeah, so that's, there's there's options that are out there. But, again, a lot of GMs and front offices do not look internally first for answers. Um, they always look external. So, but moving on, uh, what do you got next? You got any uh, specific, like, position groups or players? No, nah, man, that's actually uh, – that was everything I had. I, I, I was really interested, like, because obviously – you picking Tyrod Taylor really threw a wrench in my. <laughs> so, so admittedly, admittedly, I didn't pick Tyrod Taylor. I just compared him. I'm not a big Tyrod Taylor fan. 
I'm really not. I'm really not. I'm because I sat there in the snow against Pittsburgh a couple years ago and watched as a wide open Charles Clay is sitting in the end zone and he threw to Sammy Watkins who had about five or six defenders around him and the ball almost got picked off. That's why I'm not a good Tyrod. I'm not a big Tyrod Taylor fan. Um, I also think that the excuse of well he has a Super Bowl ring is an overrated. It's a cop out excuse because he got he got he got it. Literally, so many people said it, dude. They're like, oh well, he has he has a quarterback or he has a Super Bowl ring. I'm 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 a Tyrod apologist, and I would never say that. That Yeah, nothing to do with why I like Tyrod. So that's I I think he's I think he's a good depth guy, a good guy to come in for a couple games. But we've seen time and time again, Cleveland, uh, L.A. Houston, first off, the man's cursed. He, he is absolutely cursed. Yeah, yeah. Um, somebody, somebody, like, sabotaging him. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but we've seen time and time again where he gets beat out by rookies. He's been beat out by a rookie in literally almost every place that he's been. I'm not saying Davis Mills beat him out in Houston, but they are currently playing Davis Mills over Tyron. So, um you know, he's, he's, he's not the, the starter in the future, but um, yeah. So I, I think as a depth, he would be absolutely perfect, but in terms of like starting, like I said, I think they're going to ride out to it till the end of his contract. They're going to give him that fifth year extension just to do that quick evaluation. Um, what, what do you, what do you think about this statement? Tyrod Taylor is the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, I would agree. Okay, so that's not far off. He's yeah. like the he's like the Ryan Fitzpatrick of this generation of quarterbacks. He's he's uh, what's the other guy's name? He's Josh McCown and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know about Josh McCown. Josh, Josh McCown wasn't good. No, no, no. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not even. I'm not talking about talent. I'm just talking about reputation as a journeyman quarterback. Oh, oh. See, see. When I say Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean someone who has elite level skills. But for some reason, they just have like a brain misfire and they are horrible quarterbacks from time to time. Then no, I, I wouldn't agree. If they, if they were consistent in their elite, like the elite traits that they have, they would be probably a couple of the best quarterbacks in the league. But because they're so damn inconsistent, they are backups who start sometimes. No, I would I would disagree. I don't I don't think that he is a I don't think he's elite level talent in the NFL. You don't think he has any elite level talent, right? I think he has elite level talent if you compare him to me. Like, <laughs> like oh my if you have elite level talent if you compare him to me, then absolutely Tyrod Taylor has an elite level deep ball. He has elite level speed, he has elite level athleticism, he has elite level leadership. Tyrod Taylor has some elite skills. Come on now. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That's your breath first. All right. So you guys don't know because this is going to be seamless. But we had to pause because I had ordered food. <laughs> I ordered food. It was set for an hour. It came in like 45 minutes. So then I just went down four flights and came back up four. But I didn't just like run them. I did. I like skipped a step. Hey, so that was, class, say, I was, that like, was pretty quick. Yeah. I almost like blew, blew my ACL trying to lift me pizza and wings up yeah. 
a flight. I did. It's Franco's though, so it is. I don't want to leave it. They just like left it outside in the cold. Hey, listen, man. Listen, man. I, I don't discriminate. Pizzas, pizza, wings, and I mean that's not true. That, Obviously, yeah, there are some that are better. There are some that are better than others. But Absolutely. you know, even the the most mediocre pizza and wings is like you know at least you're eating pizza and wings to a degree. You know what I mean? I would much rather have the good stuff, obviously, but I'd rather have pizza and wings than like fucking cereal or something. I mean, yeah. freaking cereal. Wow. <laughs> we can just hit the explicit button for this one. But um, no, so like I said, if you if you compare Tyrod Taylor to like me, he has elite level talent. Um, when you compare Tyrod Taylor to the rest of the NFL and like starting quarterbacks. Okay. So I'm all right. Fine. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to name some traits. You tell me if they're elite level or not. Okay. Okay. Speed. Yeah. Yeah. It depends. It depends. Right. Oh, Ryan. That's not even a debate. No, no, no. It is. It is right. Because it depends. If you, you can have speed. But as we as we as we've been talking about with Miami, you can have speed. But if it's not, if it if it's not an offense where you're going to be able to utilize that. No, I'm not talking about what what the traits are based on the offenses around him. I'm asking you because you said relative to other quarterbacks, he's not elite. So I'm asking you if relative to other quarterbacks, he has elite speed. If I think he has elite speed, yes, elite speed. I, mean, I don't have like right. forty time up in front of me, but I, I would say that he is up at the he he is at the. Upper I'm not end. saying he's the fastest quarterback in the league. Right. I'm right. just saying, uh, I'm relative saying, to other quarterbacks, he does have elite speed. Yes, I would say yes, he has elite speed. Oh, thank you. Okay, because we we he he was he was the Bills quarterback. We've seen what Tyrod Taylor can do. Yes. With his feet. Yes. He has he has his elite level athleticism. He breaks so many sacks. It's like ridiculous. Not as much as Josh does, but Tyrod also did that a lot, you know. Um he has a really good deep ball when he has the confidence to do it. He can throw a really good deep ball. Um he just can't throw it to open receivers. Yes, he can. If the receivers are open, he can. Listen, dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, like I just said, I watched <laughs> Charles, Charles Clay was no more than 20 feet in front of me, not a black and yellow jersey for miles around. And he threw to Sammy Watkins, who is essentially out of the league, um, who was covered by like five guys. Sammy Watkins was the boy back then. Okay. Sammy Watkins was, was nice as hell. And although I'm not going to say he was right for throwing not Sammy Watkins, all I'm saying is that, all I'm saying is that back then, I, I could see why he would have, because Sammy Watkins used to do amazing stuff. Remember when he had that game versus Kansas City where he just went nuts? Every time Tyrod Taylor threw in the ball, it was just touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. It was three people on him, didn't matter, touchdown. It was one person on him, didn't matter, touchdown. Like every play, he was getting like 30, 40 yards or a touchdown, right? I'll like say, Sammy Watkins had those games where he was like unbelievable. 
I'll say this. I am more than likely plagued by Sammy Watkins' injury bias, where all I know or care to remember of him involves him being in a walking boot because he snapped an ankle, right? Like that's you say Sammy Watkins and I go, oh, he's never completed a season because his, his legs don't stay connected. Like that's, that's what I think of. He, when it comes to the injury bug, he, he, he's definitely a little, you know, I don't, I don't mean this in the, like, in a negative way, but he's a little fragile yeah, for sure. But in terms of, you know, what he could do when he was in Buffalo, he had some games that we hadn't seen from wide receivers since Stevie Johnson, you know, so I do appreciate Sammy Watkins to that degree. Also the same way I appreciate Tyrod Taylor to that degree, because we had Kevin Cobb, but people don't seem to remember that. You know, people don't seem to remember Trent Edwards and J.P. Lostman. They want to get on Tyrod and say about how, how trash Tyrod is. But, like, Tyrod was a lot better than any of them other ones. Like, Tyrod was probably the best quarterback that we had outside of Flutie during the drought, in my opinion. So, for disagree. people to be so hard on him, huh? That's how I would disagree. I would put him at, like, maybe compared to everybody else, I'd say, I'd say he's down on my list. He would be next. But I, I have a quarterback that I like better. Who? Drew Bledsoe. I knew you was going to say Drew Bledsoe. I'm not mad at that. I think I think Tyrod Taylor is more talented than Drew Bledsoe in terms of what he can do. But obviously, Drew Bledsoe was a better quarterback. He was a better quarterback, for sure. Um, um, so, but basically what I'm saying about Tyrod is he's a great leader. Anywhere you go, people talk about how amazing of a leader and a person he is. So I was the first one in, last one out. Right or wrong? Right. So overall, when Tyrod is playing at his highest level, he is a really damn good quarterback. And I'm saying if that he could be consistent in that higher whatever thought process or whatever he's in when he plays at his most elite level or at his highest peak, rather, he is a really good quarterback. He would be a really good quarterback. That's yes. all I'm saying. I would agree. And I feel the same, I feel the same way with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I feel like when Ryan Fitzpatrick is on, that boy is on. He is Definitely. like, he's a he's an elite quarterback when he's on. And that's not even like he's he's far superior to Tyrod in terms of passing the football when when he's on. But I, I just mean they both would be really good quarterbacks if they were consistent. I would agree. But they're journeymen now. Yeah. So I, and I and I would agree when it comes to consistency is that thing, right? That's what you need yeah. in the NFL. I can't remember if I said it on here or if I said it elsewhere, but when you look at the NFL, you only have the seven, 16, 17, 18 weeks. Every game counts. When you look at the NHL, you have 82 games in a season. You can lose out. You can lose the majority of your games from October till December, and it's not going to make an impact on the standings. You just have to win from January to May. So two completely different things. Um, but yes, when, when it comes to the NFL, consistency is key. And, and as you pointed yeah. out, Tyrod has historically not had that. That's why, that's why when I talk about him, I say, well, he's only a backup because he can be consistent for a few games. But right. if you put him in for a season – and he's your guy, you're not going to get that consistency out of him. Absolutely. Same, same with Brian Fitzpatrick. We all thought that the, we all thought the, you know, Washington football team were going to be playoff team this year. Like, I mean, although they still might, we thought they were going to be a lot better than what they are. 
And then, you know, they did weren't playing good at all. And we were like, yo, Ryan, what's going on, bro? Then he got injured. We was like, oh my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? But and then Taylor, Taylor Heineke came in. Is a pretty good quarterback. I actually really like Taylor Heineke. Um, he kind of reminds me of Tyrod Taylor, honestly. Um, but Taylor Heineke, oh no, Tyrod Taylor is also elite with ball protection. That is another thing he's elite with. Okay. I'll give him that. But yeah, so. I would agree when it comes to, I didn't, so I didn't specifically say like, Hey, he should come in and be, but I would agree. He would be a backup option. I think there's plenty of options. Like I said, there's, there's, and you know, I don't want to rehash this again, but there's a number of guys out there that are really good quarterbacks that just because of the division that they came from or the type of school that they came from or the type of offense that was run in the college that they were at, they get branded as not being true quarterbacks. And that's super unfortunate because guys like Keenan Reynolds and Malcolm Perry are literally Keenan Reynolds and Malcolm Perry, the two quarterbacks I mentioned earlier from Navy, were the two best quarterbacks for Navy since Roger Staubach. Wow. I mean, Keenan Reynolds was blowing Roger Staubach records out of the water. And Malcolm Perry name. <laughs> and, and Malcolm Perry is almost blew Keenan Reynolds records out of the water. And they both came into the league um, as wide receivers. And wow, Reynolds, really? Reynolds ended up playing, uh, Reynolds ended up out of the league on uh, playing for the Vipers of the XFL. Uh, and then is out of professional football. And Malcolm Perry went from Miami's practice squad to Miami's 53 man. And then I think he's on the Patriots practice squad. And these are guys Let's that... Let's be fair. It, the NFL doesn't really... They don't give those guys who come from, like, small schools a chance. No. You know what I mean? You know, so I, I wouldn't put it too hard. Like, you know, like, Khalil Mack was, like, the first ever prospect from UB we had ever heard of going in the first round, let alone top three. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that was a complete shocker to us in Buffalo. You know what I mean? So... They don't, they don't give these guys any, you know, real shot a lot of times. Absolutely agree, man. But, um, all right, you got anything else? No, man, uh, pretty much got everything. I think uh, – I don't think the Dolphins need very much to be a, a really good team, you know, that, that could win a Super Bowl. You know, they, they just need to tweak a few things. And, um, you know, I think we mentioned a lot of them today, so uh, I'm really comfortable with that. Did you have anything else? No, I absolutely agree. Um, when you mentioned it, I was like, oh, that's why I was really excited because I was like, oh, he, he must think that there are a lot of things. I'm, I'm interested in hearing what he has to say. But um, at the end of the day, like I said, on paper, they're, they're an elite, deep playoff team, right? I'm never going to say, hey, this is like a Super Bowl winning team, right? Like right. you have to be like Tampa Bay or, or, you know, like the Tom Brady Patriots where like that's expected expected um it's very rare that you know from at least me you're gonna you're gonna get me to come out and say that that said i think miami is a deep playoff team um but i also think that they're going to be competing with a really good buffalo bills team and a really good new england team uh for the next decade or or definitely more you know so um you just write off the jets they're never going to be good they suck perpetually it is what it is sorry not sorry um 
but yeah, man, uh, they, they really only have a few things to tweak. I think they're a deep playoff team. Now it's just been such a janky year for everybody. doesn't have anything to do with them. The NFL is just cursed this season. We'll see what happens next year, but man, and the AFC, the AFC as a whole is just getting really good. Uh, Denver, the Chargers, like it's just the AFC, now the Patriots again, like the Bengals. Oh man, the Bengals, the Pittsburgh's on Colts. the town. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The- Pittsburgh's on their way up. What do you mean? I think Pittsburgh's on the way out. I think they're kind of riding their last wave. I mean, yeah, for sure. Oh, you mean as far as like one of the dominant AFC teams? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. I, see what I, I think they're, you know, this is this is Ben's last year. They don't have a backup plan at quarterback. Um, their wide receivers you, are always like on the way of like getting kicked out or benched or something. I don't know what they're doing, but you don't like Dwayne Haskins. Oh, you dude, I love Dwayne Haskins. I love Dwayne Haskins. I just don't think that they're gonna give him the shot. Really, I've heard a lot of good things. Well, I haven't heard anything out of Pittsburgh. I'm not like Adam Schefter, but <laughs> like you know, I've heard. You know, uh, a lot of people say that they've heard a lot of good things out of Pittsburgh about Dwayne Haskins and that he could potentially be the next quarterback. I mean, I'm hoping, but again, like we just got done talking about, that offense is built for a guy like uh, Big Ben. Dwayne Haskins is not but Big Dwayne Ben. But Dwayne Haskins is like Big Ben. Nah, he's more he's, mobile. Dwayne Haskins doesn't run that much. He's actually kind of slow. I mean, for – and I don't mean this anyway, but for a black guy, he's just a little slow in terms of like <laughs> like black quarterbacks. He's he's you know what I mean. Like he's he's on the slower side. Although of course he's mobile, but Ben, but you know Big Ben was a little mobile back in his day. I'm a hundred percent screen recording and sniffing <laughs> that one thing for a black guy. He's really slow. What? And I don't. I'm not talking. I'm you know. I'm no, 16, I know. 350 pounds. Obviously, he's faster than me. But I just mean, you know, for like black quarterbacks, he's, you know, he's, he's not one of the faster guys, you know. Um, but so he, he doesn't run that much. He's, he's more so known for staying in the pocket and, you know, delivering passes. Um, so and I feel like he's again, he is, you know, sort of kind of mobile. Um, but then again, like I said, Big Ben was sort of kind of mobile. He's he's big and, and stout. You know, he, he has strength. Um, I just feel like if, if he can get his head in the game, which I'm assuming he's doing, you know, under the tutelage and, you know, under uh, of a Mike Tomlin, who I think is a phenomenal uh, football coach. Um, one of the best in the NFL. Absolutely. One of the best all time, if we're being completely honest. Yeah. Um, um, so, you know, I, I think that he could possibly do, you know, earn that job and do big things in Pittsburgh, which, I mean, again, I will never root for another team. And I hope all of y'all lose every single game. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think that he could do, you know, some, some things for Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I've been a big, I've been a big uh, Haskins guy since Washington. I think he got the, uh, the long end of the uh, stick when it came to everything that happened there, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if this is really even Big Ben's last year. Yeah, every year is his last year until uh, he hits the offseason, and suddenly he wants one more year. But that said, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter, at Ryan C. Show underscore B-I-B, and you can follow LDG Sports and Entertainment at LDG on Spotify. Uh, That's where you'll get updates. 
to when all of our new shows and new episodes are out. And then from there, you can also go on Spotify and follow us. We would appreciate it if you would do that. Just search for LDG Sports and Entertainment uh, on Spotify. It'll come up. Just hit the follow button and you'll get notified on there as to when new episodes are up. New episodes are up every week. And if there's going to be a delay or a cancellation, you can check out the LDG on Spotify Twitter. See, look at that. It's all, it's all absolutely perfect. Justice, man, first off, thank you um, for doing this. Uh, I think Miami was a great team after all the time that we spent on Buffalo uh, two weeks ago in the first episode of the 2022 series. I will have the next team for next week, but why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? First of all, that whole thing you just did in terms of like letting everybody know where they can find you on like Spotify and like that was super impressive. Like I need to get mine down pat like you have yours down pat because mine is like oh windshield factor first round by armchair GMs uh you know uh home field advantage it's like so and then like I always forget one like <laughs> you know so uh it's it's a lot but that was really impressive I, I need to have mine you know more professional like yours um but you guys can follow me um on twitter at ja17mvp um follow me on instagram at justice general underscore bib um i don't have any personal things you know what i mean like uh beats two pages or anything but most of my stuff is just the built in buffalo stuff so go ahead and follow built in buffalo everywhere um as well as you know ldg sports obviously um so yeah thanks for you know doing like i told you ryan all the time you know this is probably my favorite show to be a part of in terms of like doing the whole thing every week like just being able to you know be creative uh you know like that um and just to kind of be the gm of a football team you know it's pretty it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like Madden in real life. I always enjoy doing it. So, yeah, I appreciate you bringing this to me. Absolutely, dude. Well, I got pizza and wings to go eat. Um, yeah, I, I got to make dinner. I th- And then I think after dinner, I think maybe I'm going to be on windshield factor. If you yeah. still want me. Absolutely. Let's do it. Absolutely. All right. So then you guys will hear us if you go and listen to the windshield factor, which you should. Uh, I'm built in, it's a, it's a built in Buffalo podcast, but I got pizza and wings to go eat. Justice has to go make dinner and we have to go record another show because this is what we do. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Armchair GMs. See you on next week's 2022 series episode.